Hi, this is Anthony Mangiello of the Bulls and Apes Project. This is a transformative project that de-risks the NFT buying experience. I'm here on the Edge of NFT, the transformative podcast that's always bringing innovative NFT projects like ours. Stay tuned. Hey there, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and find out how today's guest founded an NFT project with a one-of-a-kind ETHBAC guarantee that prioritizes Web3 education and adoption to the fullest. And what kind of unique and rewarding results you can get from breeding bull NFTs. And why the next big career in Web3 could be CVO, Chief Vibes Officer. All this and more on today's episode. Enjoy. And don't forget, we put together a little soiree we called NFTLA just a few months back that brought out thousands of the world's most innovative doers in the NFT space. Head to 2023.nftla.live to get on the whitelist for tickets to our bigger, better, bolder, but just as intimate and impactful event happening in LA March 20th to the 23rd, 2023. See you there. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's sponsored Spotlight episode features Anthony Mangiello, CEO and co-founder of Bulls and Apes, the transformative project that de-risks the nifty buying experience for you. Anthony is a senior operations and technology leader with almost 20 years experience driving broad culture change, sharp business intelligence, strategic transformation programs, and technology road mapping. Anthony helps companies release their potential. He integrates technology, sound business acumen, and change management to deliver operational excellence, build competitive advantage, and exceed customer needs. Bulls and Apes Project is a generative 3D NFT project that aims to transform the industry by setting a new standard for what NFT collectors should expect and demand. They start with de-risking the NFT buying experience. They back their products with an industry-changing six-month money-back guarantee built right into the smart contract. Well, that's bold, Anthony. It's really great to have you here. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, we were talking a little bit before we jumped in. I guess you're out in Connecticut, living the life. Co-founders out in Tejas. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, they're in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Working out of Austin. We just spent some time out there at Decentral and Consensus, having some fun, doing good things. Curious, man. Like, So those guys are out there. You're here. How did you guys get together to launch this thing, man? Tell us a little bit about the origin story. Yeah, sure. No problem. So I, I got involved in NFTs, just collecting, just as a collector about a little more than a year ago, year and a half ago, and was really just pulled in by the whole community aspect. I got involved because I saw this as the next wave of web and the next wave of tech. But then when you saw the community aspects, I was like, holy crap, there's something pretty cool about this. I come from a corporate background and it's all about business operating models and how to be most efficient and scalable and all that fun stuff. And then when I saw the community aspects, it was just a brand new way of operating a business. And for me, I call it operating a business in the town square called Discord or the town square called Twitter. Now you've got this really tight community that's right in the face of, of founders, people trying to build a business and the business owners are trying to 
build this business in this new dynamic environment with this really quick feedback loop. And that was fascinating to me. So I just started raising my hand and volunteering my time with different projects I was involved in. And through one of those projects, I met one of the co-founders, Manny. And then he introduced me to his longtime business partner, Guy. The two of them are serial entrepreneurs and they've done a bunch of business together. We started putting our heads together and you know, looking at, can we do better? Do we have something to offer? Do we have some value to bring to the table? And inevitably we thought we did. And so we decided to start our own project. That's like, so web three, right? Like you're volunteering, you're giving your time, you're giving value as a community member, as a part of this community. And you find kind of like-minded folks and build something amazing. And, and, you know, here you are. It's amazing. Great story. Yeah. I think the key there for me is that, you know, they explored, they tried different things. They went down the rabbit hole, right? As opposed to just like jumping into the industry and saying, okay, I'm ready to build something right away. You know, and that comes from your business background, right? I mean, knowing that you have to get into the dirt before you can figure out like innovation. You're right, Josh. And for me, I, you know, I have a lot of people. It's not just me, but you learn by trying. That's the best way that I know how is rolling up, rolling up your sleeves, jumping in, taking some lumps. And there's plenty of lumps that we took along the way. It's not, I mean, um, some of these, you know, these projects that spin up overnight and you know, they're pumped with hype, they make it look easy, but to do it right, it's not easy. Yeah, well, speaking of right, and I guess bringing your own flavor to things, you've introduced this de-risking feature. And, you know, I think pretty much everybody upon hearing this as I did, it's like, whoa, okay, this is, it's definitely something I've heard of before, but not very much or at all in the NFT space. So I've used it in various business projects of mine in terms of having a money back guarantee. It really gives the consumer confidence and, and helps them make sure they can trust the, the product. But you know, what was the moment and the impetus for you guys to include this in this NFT project? Yeah, absolutely. So we started January, we started uh, really pushing forward with building our own project. And in February is when we launched Twitter and launched um, Discord. And it was right around squiggles and the whole squiggles controversy. And so we're looking at it and the three of us got together. We're like, what did we get involved in? This is crazy. And we got scammed by some marketing agencies and lost some money. Some of the mistakes that we made along the way. We're just looking at each other like, really? Is this what we're getting involved in? And then inevitably we said, yeah, this is why we're getting involved. You know, we want to bring a level of professionalism to the space. We want to bring sound business practice to the space. This is the exact reason why we're getting involved is to help drive the space forward in a positive way. And so they're like, okay, that's the case. And if we believe in what we're trying to build, which we do, and if we believe that we have the experience required to build what we want to build, then how do we lean into it? And so Guy looked at it and said, well, let's do risk reversal. You know, it's, it's used in other industries. It just hasn't really been widely used in the NFT space. So we, we come pre-funded. We're a pre-funded project. So our mint wasn't intended to, to raise capital. We had the capital that we need to build what we want to build. So instead, we said, if that's, if that's all true, then why not build it right into the smart contract and let's do it. Let's pick a, you know, we said, okay, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, like, you know what? 180. Let's exaggerate it. And, and that's like a lifetime in the NFT space. That's what we did. We said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do 180. Let's, let's build it into the smart contract. Let's move forward with it. Well, can we ask the million dollar question, which is how many, what percentage of the community is taking you up on that offer? Zero at the moment. I'm actually a bit surprised. And now I know the, the floor price is roughly triple what most people minted at, but I still thought that there was going to be somebody that just was going to test it out at least. Nobody's tested it out yet. Right on. Well, congrats on that. Definitely a testimony to the value that you're creating for your community. And, you know, you've really designed Pulse and Apes with this tokenized gamification approach. 
to try to add more value to the ownership experience. So why don't you break down the tokenomics for us a little bit more in depth? Yeah, sure. And, and I look at it as adding value in two different ways. Number one, it's fun. And so some of the people that get involved in the tokenomics, they're Initially, there's a number of layers to it. So people are not not intimidated, but they just need to wrap their heads around it a little bit. And then it's economical. And we're seeing that now. It's been in place since July 1. And our model is an own-to-earn model. So it's, there's no staking involved. You, you hold one of our OG bulls. You earn 10 tokens. Our token's called methane, VAP methane. So you earn 10 methane a day per bull that you own. So you're just accumulating it. And you can collect it whenever you want. You hop on our website and you collect it. And so you, you can let it sit there for a while. You could collect every day if you wanted to. And then once you have that methane, you're able to participate in, in the tokenomics, um, the gamification. And so the first step is an incubator. So you can use 600 methane to purchase an incubator. So you breed two bulls together and you get your incubator. Now, there's a whole storyline behind it. The incubator has, there's a fast grow process. And so you use another 600 methane to get to a team bull. So now you've got a team bull. You can use your team bull to get to a merger orb. And then you could merge four additional teams with the merger orb to produce a god bull. And the god bull is the most rare and pretty darn cool art also in the collection. So there's only 500 God Bulls in the whole collection. We've minted 32 of them so far. Uh, and so it's been a pretty exciting process to see a new God Bull revealed and everybody gets all pumped up about it. They're pretty impressive. What are the features of a God Bull versus say a Teen Bull? Yeah, sure. So OG Bulls, Teen Bulls are um, similar where they'll have you know different clothing traits, you know uh, headwear, um, eyewear. Whereas God Bulls are more a character. There's 10 characters. There's a forest god. There's a mechanical god. There's a hell god. There's an undead god. So there's 10 different god characters. And there's 50 variations of each of, each of those characters. The God Bulls are just much bigger and more impressive than, than your regular bull. Nice. And in terms of uh, utility, is there a variance between, uh, say, a God Bull and an OG Bull? Yes. So a God Bull earns 20 methane a day, so double double the amount of tokens than a regular bull. Awesome. So only 500 and that's ever, right? Is that the deal? That's ever. Nice. So get in there on the God Bulls, folks. That's right. There's been some interesting, so the, the economic side, and so that's a lot of fun you know, building those new characters and the teams are really cool art too. And we took a really high quality approach to the 3D art. And I think we've all seen some 3D art projects that are out there and their marketing assets look really cool. And then they use layering and they kind of cheat the process. And, and when they when they go through reveal, everybody's disappointed. Ours, every single piece of art is a fully rendered 3D model. So that means that we had to build programs within the 3D software to do all of the randomization um, and this way you get the lighting right, you get the reflection right. And, and so all of them are very, very impressive. And then on the economic side, you know, people are really realizing that owning four OG bulls gets you one teen a month. And so just by owning four, teen floor right now is about 0.3. You're generating for free. You're generating a teen bull, which is worth about 0.3. And you could do with owning four, you could do about one teen a month. And so people are looking at that, they're flipping teen bulls and they're buying more OG bulls so that they can earn more of a time. So it's really fascinating to see some of the, the, the different ways that holders are taking advantage of the tokenomics. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And you had mentioned kind of upfront almost like the discord aspect of this and the town square type of feel, you know, your community has been pretty paramount to what's going on here. You, you've been parts of communities as well. I know 
you have this kind of living your best life program. Can, can you tell me about what that is and how that has gives access within the community? Yeah, sure. So the theme of our community is live your best life. We call our, our community the inner circle. And so we look at, yes, we've got kick-ass art and we've got some cool tokenomics. But at the end of the day, your NFT, if you own one bull, it's a member, a lifetime membership card into the inner circle. And so we're taking that very seriously. And that's where we're going to drive a lot of our future utility is going to be through what we offer the inner circle. So initially we've got, uh, we're a week or so away from having our first course that we'll be offering for free to our community. It's an NFT 101 course. We're in the middle of developing a security course as well. So we believe that we, we want to be one of the projects that helps onboard people. And so we want to make sure that this kind of information and education is accessible. But in addition to that, um, living your best life, a part of that is about financial growth. One of the things that we've offered to our community right now, Manny is uh, very heavily connected in the angel investing world, and he's using those connections to deals accessible to our inner circle. We've already connected our inner circle members with two deals through angel investing, and we're working on a third already. So those deals are relatively accessible, low entry points. There's one deal was $1,000, another deal is $2,000. And they're able to get involved in some pretty cool companies and invest in really you know early stage companies where they wouldn't have had that ability if they weren't members of that inner circle. That's another utility that we've delivered. That's really cool. I was just going to ask, like, is the thesis of the investment sort of shaped by the community or is it just at this point, it's a little bit more fluid? At this point, it's a little more fluid. So Manny, he's invested in over 600 deals through VC channels. So he has set criteria that he follows that has been proven. So he vets the deals going through those criteria. And so he's only publishing deals that he's comfortable with himself and that he's investing in himself. I've, I've jumped in now and invested too. It's my first deals through this process. So I'm taking advantage of being a Inner Circle member also. I want to know how he's keeping track of all those different things he's invested in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool, man. You know, I think it's it's sort of a a type of engagement with the community that works in a bull market or a bear market, right? Because um, we all know when there's blood in the streets, those are some of the best opportunities to to build and find the the gems of the future. So it kind of gives your community something to occupy them as the market sort of sort of regains momentum. What are some of the other types of partnerships that you're cooking up and thinking about as you move forward with this venture? Yeah, sure. So um, for us, it's it's listening to the community and letting the voice of the community come into our our strategies and where we're going to focus our attention. So we've got some things around the education piece that I've already mentioned that we've partnered with. And some of the bigger partnerships that we're exploring, it's really coming from listening to the community and where their desires are. We know that the financial growth is an area that people have been have been asking questions on because of the, the bear market, the blood in the streets, as you said, Josh, you know, people want to know, how do I diversify? How do I diversify within the Web3 space? But then also, how do I diversify um, further? So we do want to listen to the community and we want to offer value where the community is paying attention. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio. 
where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you, yes you Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Tons of value, it sounds like already, and, and love the vision and focus. And when we think about like next steps for you, give us a little insight as to the roadmap. Like what else is forthcoming that we haven't touched on yet? Oh, sure. So we've developed a pretty comprehensive lore. And so we've got a 15-minute lore video on our website. There's four chapters of lore. And it's pretty cool. We talk about the creator character that's there. And the creator created these bulls. And and the bulls are exploratory and they're fun creatures. But towards the end of the lore video, we talk about there being too much order. And with too much order, there's not tension. And attention is what you need to drive and reach your potential. And so then we hint at why it's called the Bulls and Apes Project. So apes are coming next. That's going to be part of our, our storyline. That's going to be part of, you know, our next big mint will be the apes. And we've got some pretty cool ideas about how we're going to introduce the apes and what unique things we're going to do around as an NFT of themselves. So I'm looking forward to what the apes are going to bring. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And they're going to be synergistic. We've already announced that they're going to be synergistic to the bulls in the tokenomics. And so bulls will be the ones that generate the methane tokens but the apes will have a multiplier effect on the bull. So you're going to want to own both. They play off of each other. Got it. Yeah. Following suit with what you've already built, which is really awesome. In terms of timeline on that, does you have some definitive here that we're working off of or, or just something rough? Not yet. It'll be the fall time period for sure. You know, we want to make sure that we do it right and we have it set up right. And we know we delivered a lot in a short period of time. Our, we call it our first mint, but as the OG bulls, it's the team bulls, it's the God bulls, it's an ERC-20 token, it's the inner circle community, it's the 15-minute lore. I mean, we we delivered a lot in a short period of time. And so we want to make sure that we give ourselves the space to do it right. Yeah, makes tons of sense. You made the bulls and it gives you extra. And is there going to be some sort of freaky bull mating stuff going on too? Is that... We'll see. One thing that I will say is each bull has three breeds. And if you do the math, it comes out to roughly 15,000 breeds that you could do across the collection. But we were only going to have 12, at max, 12,450 teen bulls. So that means that there's going to be breeds left over. I hint at everybody. I'm like, we don't like unused utility. So we'll figure something out to do with it. 
So I got to ask, like, is this a little bit more based on Greek mythology or Roman mythology? Which group was a little bit more polyamorous? It sounds like you're going down that direction. <laughs> well, it's possible. We did a little bit of research on, yeah, Greek mythology has some of the combined characters, but you know, we'll see. We haven't made any definitive plans on that, but there will be breeds left over. So we'll do something with it. Beautiful. So, you know, we're going to head on to our, our next section here in a moment, which we'll have a lot of fun with uh, our edge quick hitters. But before we get over there, you know, this whole project grew out of your inspiration from the space. So we'd love to hear where else you draw your inspiration from in Web3 land these days. Yeah, sure. So for us, you know, it's looking at projects that are looking at the long term. So not just trying to flip NFTs and do things around the art and the rarity and that, which is important. And we think it's fun. It's not the, the thought leadership that we're getting inspired from. And so for us, it's the people that are driving education, mainstream adoption. That's one place. And the other is ones that are building utility around, around community. And so for us, we're trying to connect with other founders, other founders or influencers that are trying to push the envelope on those two, those two areas. So mainstream adoption and community-based utility is key for us. And the word utility is thrown out as just a, a term, and it means so much. And for us, it's about having you know, tangible value of that membership card thought process where you know, if you're a member of a country club, you know you get access to their restaurant, you know you get access to their golf, or if they have tennis lessons or a pool, you know, we're viewing the community as the same way as projects need to have tangible value of what you get for being a member of that community. Hearing you talk about it, it reminds me a lot of listening to guys like Yatsu and, and Robbie Young over at Animoca Brands, right? A lot of the same DNA goes into so I think what they do and what they live and breathe every single day. So yeah, a lot of really cool stuff in there, man. We appreciate you sharing that with us. We want to take a, a little bit of a, a right turn here and shift gears for a minute though. We want to do a little section we call edge quick hitters. It's basically a fun, quick way for us to get to know you a little bit better. There's 10 questions. We're looking for short single word or few word responses, but we might dive in a little bit more here or there. You ready to get after this? Sure. Question number one, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? I'd say um, 1977 Nova. Ooh, sweet. Nice. Yeah, man, that thing is probably floating around out there at a step up value these days, man. It probably is. I bought it when I was real young. I used to work on cars when I was like, I started when I was like 11, 12 years old with, with my father and, uh, you know, bought it, so I bought it young. Nice. Yeah. First Nova on this show, I think that we've talked about. So that's cool. Question two, what's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? I'd have to say that's a baseball cards. And I probably got ripped off by the local card store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like early collectors always have like a story like that, right? Like the, the very early, it's like probably me at the swap meet or something like that, getting ripped off. One of my famous trades, I traded a Jerry Rice rookie card for Kevin Moss rookie card. Oh, buddy. So <laughs> <laughs> Tough one. Question three, what is the most recent thing you purchased? A new car. And they're a lot more expensive than I remember. And <laughs> <laughs> care to divulge what you got? A Kia Telluride is for them. Those are cool. Man. My wife. It, it actually, they did a really nice job on it, but, but damn, cars are expensive now. I know. Brand new car or new car for you? What'd you go for? No, it was a brand new car. Brand, brand new, new car. car. Nice. Yeah, cars though, they really, they really have, man. They talk about like inflation and just general like price escalation, dude. Forget about it, man. Yeah. And the other thing too is they try to sell you on the, like a seven-year loan. It's like, no, I don't want to pay paid off in seven years. <laughs> right. I'm like, it's it's turning into a mortgage. That's wild, man. I have to say though, on the lower end of cars, right? You get like a car that gets you from point A to point B. I'm actually surprised at how inexpensive they can be. You know, it's like I could get like an iPhone or a car. You know? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay, moving on. Question number four. What is the most recent thing you sold? Yeah. And so this is the flip side of it, right? So I sold my used car, which they're getting a premium right now. Wow. I couldn't even believe it. The thing was barely running. They gave me a ton for it, a ton more than I thought. Wow. Yeah. Something weird going on in that industry. I'll tell you what. Question number five, what is your most prized possession? So for me, it's a World Cup soccer ball that my grandfather had, and I was never allowed to play with it outside. I mean, so it's still in good condition and it's special to me. Oh, wow. That sounds like it. Question number six, if you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical service and experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's experiences. Surprise, surprise, right? Being in this NFT space. And it's, uh, I, I'm a foodie. And so, I don't know, some kick-ass chef's tasting table. That would be, uh, that's what I'd want. Yeah. We talking like Jose Andres at his, his, his villa in Italy or something? Yeah. So one of the Spanish restaurants, they push the envelope on cuisine. And I love trying all kinds of different things. So something in Spain... You know, just a really crazy chef's tasting table. I think that would be free. Well, I got to tell you, man. Well, first of all, Jeff and I are, are totally foodies as well. We started a prepared meal company. So at one point in my background, I are indeed over like 2000 different meals with, with these different chefs. A lot of fun. But LA has got some great eats and some great tables. So come on over and, and we'll cross this one off your list. All right, cool. Yeah, Josh would happily jump at that opportunity. Very nice. Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? No problem is too tough to solve. Do you have any particular approach to how you tackle like big, hairy challenges? Yeah, it's breaking it down in parts. So I come from the automotive industry, right? So buffing out a car. If you try to buff the whole car, there's swirls everywhere. It looks like crap. But if you buff out part by part, by part, next thing you know, the whole car is looking beautiful. And so that's the breakdown for me. It's not getting overwhelmed by the complexity and figuring out what piece can you chip off? What piece can you chip off? And then you chip enough pieces, you start looking at it like, oh, wow, I'm going to solve this. Love that analogy. That inspires me to give a shout out to this book that is one of my favorites. And it's not like one of these books that everybody talks about, but I highly recommend it. It's called The Art and craft of problem solving. And it's literally a book that's directed at some of these, like, I think they're like high school math teams that do these like math competitions or whatever, but it's really fascinating. It gives you principles like that, like break it down into smaller parts or think of it in a bigger way, right? As opposed to a smaller way, maybe you're thinking too small, but interestingly, one of the key like factors in problem solving is believing there's an answer, right? If you don't believe there's an answer, it's actually a lot harder to solve a problem than if you do believe there is one. I like that. Very nice. All right. Question eight. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Hmm. I'd say boredom. So if it's not challenging enough, I'll lose interest. (laughs) Sometimes that means you create your own challenges. (laughs) I guess you can, right? No, it's tough. It is. You got to be passionate about what you're working on, right? Got to be engaged with it. Whether it's challenge or or some other thing that grabs you, right? Just wait for our next segment, group silent meditation. (laughs) (laughs) Question number nine. What'd you do just before joining us on the podcast? So I had a meeting with tech partner trying to wrap up some of the lingering issues from uh, our mint problem solving. All right. Question number 10. Last one. What are you going to do next after the podcast? Eat. 
<laughs> Do you know what you got uh, in store for yourself here? No, I don't know. I, I have no idea what's for dinner tonight, but uh, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> nice. All right. Perfect. Well, that's Edge Quick Hitters. Man. Hey, we appreciate you sharing with us. Word on the street is we also have some hot topics to cover. Ethan, you want to uh, cue us up, brother? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. First is NFT startups hire full-time vibe managers to lift the mood amid crypto collapse. This is coming from The Guardian. To shore things up, NFT projects have turn to a new kind of role, the vibes manager, although this is my first time hearing of this, but also known as some companies at the chief vibes officer or director of vibes. The vibes manager is something of a cross between marketer, influencer, and investor relations officer tasked with promoting NFT projects to newcomers while reassuring existing founders. The goal to keep things positive no matter what. All right. Well, I mean, on the one hand, I, I suppose this is, it's nice to have that positivity in the community. I'm sure this maybe raises some red flags for those sort of suspicious of the NFT space, right? That it's some sort of giant Ponzi scheme, right? And they're like, okay, <laughs> what do you need a vibes manager for, for if there's sort of some... Or a lot of people say cults too, right? So... Right. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I mean, you know, positive energy creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. Good vibes are definitely important. But I think there's a lot of different values that go into creating a sustainable company. And I also believe in Jeff and I, you know, have shared this with a lot of folks, you know, that we've hired over the years that, that bad news doesn't get better with time. And so sometimes you just have to be straightforward, <laughs> like, and like kill the vibe for a moment. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think if you have good, strong core values and you're communicating in a way that's consistent with your core values, then I think something like this can work, right? If you're talking about somebody bringing optimism, you know, looking at kind of glass half full kind of perspective and bringing that. I mean, I don't know if you have to have somebody that's like the CVO, right? Doing that, you want that kind of infused throughout the organization, maybe a few people carrying that flag in a big way, but you want to do it in a way that's authentic, that's transparent, right? That's honest. If you're doing that, you yeah, feel like that the, there's something nice about that or targeting that, right? It's where you lose, I think, is if you're not operating in a way that's authentic with those core values I mentioned, right? You know, kind of overdoing it, you're inauthentic in your kind of false motivation or enthusiasm. That's where I think it's going to fall, fall flat. So I hope that's how they're thinking about it. It's a fine line, you know, I mean, having been in the entertainment industry playing music, you know, I've played on cruise ships where they have, you know, somebody who's basically just the person in charge of the community on a cruise ship, or, you know, you've got the DJ at the wedding or the, you know, the thing is, it's always sad when it doesn't work. <laughs> and it, it always like works really well when it does work, but it's, it's that je ne sais quoi, right? It's not something that can always be programmed, right? I know that from being like in a band, you know, you could show up at some shows and you got this awesome vibe and a great audience and both parties feel really great and feel like the energy is moving back and forth. And other times, you know, you could show up at a packed house, but the energy is low and, and it just doesn't work. So yeah, a lot of it's a little bit of magic dust that you throw on the equation. It is magic dust for sure. You can't, there's no formula for vibe. But one thing that I have learned building organizations, building communities is culture happens whether you like it or not. And so as a leader, you can choose to be deliberate about the culture or not let it just develop organically. And so if you, if culture is important to you, I'm all for you know, leaders being deliberate with the culture that, that they want to see, see in place, but it does need to be authentic. It needs to be aligned to the values. 
you know, and to be honest, there is, I think, a little bit of a formula, you know, to some of this stuff. If, if any of us have ever been to like a live taping of a, a late show or something like that, right? I don't know if you ever noticed they've got, you don't see it at home, right? You show up, it's this like small room that you thought was really big. And there's like a couple of different folks that are warming up the crowd. You know, there's signs that go up that say applause and all this stuff. And they know how to put on a pretty consistent high energy show. And, you know, which they also know would not work if they didn't have that person warm up the crowd and you know, utilizing these various tools. So there is a bit of an equation, but at the same time, there's a bit of magic dust. Let me ask on that note too, because just, you know, for our listeners, especially folks that have only worked as entrepreneurs in the crypto space, they may not necessarily have been exposed to some of that foundational work that multi-time entrepreneurs and people with more deep business experience may have been exposed to. And I'm curious, Anthony, did you guys go through a process of identifying core values or talking about this stuff among the founders? Do you have that written down somewhere? Like, How does that articulate itself in your business? We do. Um, absolutely. Um, and it, it was something that we were intentional on um, from the beginning. Even we did values and they're aligned, but there's slight differences, but we did in values internal to the, to the company, to the project. And then we published values for the community as well. You know, what does it mean to be a community, a community member? Um, and now we've got, we have community leaders that have created their own sub communities within the Bulls and Apes project based off of different traits. And we've shared that with them also. And we have a certification process to give them a stamp of approval that they're following the right values, that they have the right structure in place. And so people are really paying attention to it. Right on. Yeah, it's great to hear. Yeah, for anybody that's thinking about you know launching a project or launching a company, like what you're hearing is part of these, these elements that are so important to your foundation, to your DNA. If you're deliberate about it, as Anthony was describing, you can, you can have meaningful influence on that culture and how it evolves and how it aligns with everything you do. There's really something, there's something special in there. And I think you know, for everybody listening that hasn't ever gone through that process before, it's something to flag on your to-do list for sure. Next up, Reddit to launch NFT avatars built on Polygon. In the coming weeks, Reddit will launch a new collectibles avatar marketplace leveraging NFTs hosted on Polygon's blockchain. Home to countless forums and online communities, the website will partner with independent artists to create unique avatars that Reddit users can buy for a fixed price and customize with gear, yielding creators a slice of the sales. Now, I did not expect this, but given the conversation that we just had about all the way back from the interview to the previous story about community, right? And how well communities vibe, right? But actually flipping on its head, right? Not creating an NFT project, then this community to support it, but having that community already and then building an NFT project into it. I have to say, I'm very intrigued by this. What do you think, Anthony? Are you a big Redditor? The only thing that I have to say here is I never got really into Reddit and I always felt like I should be. I'm a tech person. You know, I really enjoy those kind of discussions about interesting, obscure topics and stuff like that. But I noticed like more other people I would see getting excited about Reddit than myself. I'm curious, curious about the crossover from the Reddit crowd to, you know, adopting some of the NFT pieces. There obviously is some crossover, but not, I don't want to say it's not one-to-one, right? And so Reddit introducing that where, you know, you've, you've got a, a set community, does it take off? Um, I also like that they're, that they're cha- challenging a little bit there and doing it on Polygon. I like that they've got a dynamic nature to the NFT where people can build their own and add to it. And so there's a lot that I like about it, but I'm curious to see what the overall Reddit adoption is to what they're delivering. Yeah, same here. I mean, I think this is a genuine attempt to integrate with Web3 in a way that benefits the community. Reddit has always been 
leader in community engagement and gamifying sort of rewarding participation that's positive, they've had their challenges. I mean, it's a massive amount of community and sub-communities, you know, probably the biggest in the world. So I love the effort here. And I think that because of the sort of protection of identity that goes into the Reddit experience, like avatars is a really interesting application of enhancing that personal sense of a Reddit identity. Yeah, guys. And one thing I see here that's really interesting, that the thing that jumps out to me is customize with gear, right? Like, that's interesting. We're we're talking NFTs on NFTs on NFTs, which isn't something we've seen a lot yet in the space on the blockchain, at least. Within gaming, of course, there's all kinds of stuff like that in a closed ecosystem, but not yet on the blockchain. So I'm curious to see how that all plays out and could be something really fun and, and different. So, yeah. I'm watching this little promo video for it with a sound off, and it almost looks like a spoof, to be honest, on NFT, so I'm not sure. Were the Wall Street bets guys behind it or what? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I do have to say, they're one of the only major brands that has like an actual like avatar as their logo, right? They've got that little kind of like alien head with, with the little, uh, with little antenna coming out. So they've got that going for them. Anthony, it's been great having you on, man. And we really want to make sure that our listeners know where to follow yourself and everything you're doing with Bulls and Apes. Where can they go and where should they go to get the best information they can? Sure. The, the easiest is going to bullsandapes.com, which is our website. That's both plural, bullsandapes.com. From there, um, links to our Twitter, links to our Discord. But our website has a ton of information. It's FAQs. There's a ton of information. And there's that cool 15-minute lore video, which I know to some that my oh, 15 minutes, I know when I showed it to my daughter's like 15 minutes, they used to TikTok and just the quick videos. I'm like, trust me, it's pretty cool. And they were like, oh, what happens next? That is, website is the best, bullsandapes.com. Um, that'll give you links to you know, all of the information that you need. Perfect. Check it out, y'all. Okay. And also word on the street is we have a little giveaway lined up for our listeners. Anthony, what can you tell us about that? That's right. So our prize prize collection, it's the OG Bulls. That's our Genesis collection. We'll, we'll be, we're going to be giving one away. And that's what you'll have. That's your ticket into the tokenomics, into the gamification. Just by holding it, you'll be earning 10 methane a day. So you'll be able to start playing the game. And, and number one, uh, number two, it gives you that membership card into the inner circle and get all the cool utility that comes with that. Well, we're very grateful for you making that available to our community. So listeners, please keep an eye out on our socials for the details on how to get a crack at that OG bull. Really awesome stuff. All right, guys. Well, look, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thank you for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers to make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. This episode was brought to you by today's guest and sponsor. The creators of Edge of NFT will be compensated to support the production costs associated with the program. We are very selective with deciding who to have on these shows, but we are learning as we go just like you. The views expressed are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to serve as an endorsement or investment advice. You are urged to do your own research as well as consult a reputable financial advisor before making any investment or purchase decision.